Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, you're gonna end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a writer. Well, Lottie! What's the big brewer? Ha ha ha! You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You can't handle the truth. Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Master <laughs> Marcus Zill. Hi. Other side of the river from beautiful studios of KFUO in Collinsville, Illinois. It is the man. Behind issues, etc. Jeff Schwarz. How are you doing today, Jeff? Azure Sill, it's it's great to be with you. We go way back, don't we? I mean, I think the uh, very very early days of the Lutheran Youth Organization, Higher Things, and, back when uh, Molly Hemingway yeah. was single. Uh, wow, right. those were the days. You don't do this very often. You're always behind the scenes, right? Yeah, I don't like being on the air. I, Wilkin makes me read the email like every ten days or so, and I despise it but it's part of the job. Quick, your, your title, you are the general manager of the esteemed Lutheran Public Radio and the executive producer of Issues Etc. Do I have that right? You are correct. Okay, well, I should because you had me write it down before I... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anyways, you have the last two years, you have sent me basically the same letter that you have sent both to your, uh, your son, Justin, and your daughter, Emily who are both now students at Concordia University River Forest. And you are, by the way, such a helicopter dad that you arranged to be on the Board of Regents where your kids were going to school. Do I have that right? You are correct. but <laughs> You are absolutely correct. But one clarification, it's Concordia University Chicago, Marcus. You're showing your age. I, well, I am over 50 now, so... Uh, 52 to be exact. So now you graduated journalism degree back in the day. What, when did you graduate? I graduated I graduated in the esteemed, from the esteemed University of Missouri-Columbia School of Journalism in 1986. And uh, that is a fantastic school. Of course, they've taken a few hits the last few years. With Times have changed in terms of college in general, have they not? Absolutely. As we're going to discuss, we have we have five children, but two are college age, and and sure. I know what parents go through when you consider sending your children off to college, especially to a a, a secular state run institution. Oh, absolutely, and that's why I wanted to have you on today because you sent me uh, word to the wise. You want to get on the radio program uh, with the chancellor? Uh, you send me something that is intriguing, and you sent me a. Uh, a letter that you wrote to uh, your daughter, Emily, who's just started out now at Concordia University, Chicago. So you have a, Justin is a sophomore, and Emily is yes. a freshman. And you sent this letter off, and I thought, you, you told me this, and I, th I think it's absolutely beautiful, an example of, of kind of some thoughts of a father on, uh, on his daughter's heading, a Christian father, in, his, in terms of his daughter or son sending, off the, sending them off to college for the first time. So 
Tell you what, I want to walk through some of this with you, but why don't you read it for us, and uh, then we'll go from there. Dear Emily Elizabeth Schwartz, as you begin your freshman year in college, remember what the late Supreme Court Justice Anthony Scalia once said. God assumed from the beginning that the wise of the world would view Christians as fools, and he has not been disappointed. Have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity, be fools for Christ, and have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world. Scalia was merely paraphrasing the Apostle Paul. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 10. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? 1 Corinthians 1.20. Please remember the three lies of the devil, the world, and your sinful flesh. First, that it's not a big deal when you break God's Ten Commandments, or that these commandments no longer apply today. Second, that you can make yourself right with God by keeping these commandments. Only Christ's perfect righteousness that he gave to you on February 27, 2000 in holy baptism makes you right with the one holy triune God. Third, when you break a commandment, that your sinfulness is greater than God's grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness. Always remember our conversations since you were a little girl when you would say, I love you, Dad. My response, who loves you most? And your answer, Jesus. As much as Mom and I love you, Jesus loves you perfectly. He proved that on the cross. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Romans 5 verses 8 through 10. So stay connected to Jesus, where he has promised to be for you in his holy word and sacraments. And take joy in being a fool for Christ. You will be derided, dismissed, and displaced. But take comfort in Jesus' words. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. John sixteen thirty three. Love, Dad. Well, I'm, I'm wiping a tear from my eye even as, as you finish. Uh, absolutely. Seriously, it's a beautiful letter. What made you going back? Um, and I'm glad that you felt comfortable sharing it. Um, if Emily hears this, she's probably like, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> <It's right. laughs> uh, but uh, what going back to when you wrote the you wrote a similar letter to, to your son, Justin, you know, what was it like for you when you first there's a lot of parents out there right now that are they just sent their kids off to college for the first time and, and they know what you're feeling. What? Take us back to the first time when you wrote a letter like this to, to Justin, perhaps, and what made you think about doing it? Well, a Christian parent's greatest fear is that their children fall away from the Christian faith. And that was obviously part of the reasoning why I decided to write these letters first to Justin and then to Emily, that it's vitally important that you stay connected to Jesus or he's promised to be for you in his word and sacraments. You know, the bottom line is I, I've, I've been wont to tell young people today, 
many times they'll say, "Well, you know, I don't have time. I don't know if I have time to go to church while I'm in uh, while I'm in college." And I, I want to say, "Well, I, I guess you don't have time to go to college then," because in my <laughs> mind, there's nothing more important. I, I don't. I routinely say, and I don't mind who I say it to. I'll say it all over the world on the airwaves here. I don't really care. I'm the director of campus ministry for this. I don't care where you go to college or what you do if you lose your faith. None of that matters to me. What does it? What good does it do for you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? And I thought, but I, what I thought was brilliant that you started this off with um, words from Antonin Scalia, and I, I'm just, you know, when he says, "Be fools for Christ." This is from a judge, a justice. Be fools for Christ, have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world. Have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Where is our wisdom found? You know, we all think about we're going to sending our kids off to college to gain wisdom, but in reality, don't we already have that in Christ? Amen. In Christ and in his word. And, and you know what's amazing is that Anthony Scalia, even by his opponents, was regarded as a brilliant legal mind. And yet he could say, be like me, be a fool for Christ. You know, you want to talk about a wise man. I mean, few people could stand up to just the intellect and wisdom. If you want worldly wisdom, you had it in Justice Scalia. Holy smokes. Um, (laughs) But even him, he's saying, I'm a fool for Christ. And, um, um, you know, I just read the other day that something like 20% of young people, millennials, are already off Facebook. It's almost like pendulum might start swinging back where they say, I want my privacy you know, I don't want to get my information that way anymore. They instinctively are starting to realize, like, I'm becoming a tool. But what's interesting is that they're starting to take a second look in terms of what matters most. And you bring up here this whole idea of, of three lies of the devil, the world, and your sinful flesh. First one's a big one on college campuses. Sure. If it's, you're right. It's not a big deal when you break. Don't, don't think what you're saying is don't think it's not a big deal when you break God's commandments. It still is. They still apply. Elaborate on that a little bit. Well, I think most people are aware of the secular progressivism that's rampant on college campuses today. And one of the first things that, that can be dismissed or that secular progressives will dismiss is God's holy law. They will say those things no longer apply, or it's not really a sin. It's no big deal. It's just your opinion, you know. Yeah, it's just your opinion, and if that's if that's your idea of rules, although they have no problem telling you, you know, make sure you recycle. uh, You know that they have their own sins and their own laws, but they're not God's holy laws. Sure. And so I, I think. That first one, the reason I put that first is because I think that's the challenge on college campuses is that, you know, this, this, this law that God gave to his people certainly can't apply to 21st century American students. Well, what I love about you using that first is you're saying, look, son, daughter, um, you're, still, you're still sinful flesh. And you're going to sin, and it it Absolutely. matters, and which gets you to the the second thing, you know that you can, you know one of the lies and temptations of the world and our sinful flesh is the idea you can make yourself right with God by keeping these commandments. And what you do is you remind your son and your daughter of their baptism. Why is that so important? Because only in baptism do you know for certain. That's where 
God placed his name on you. Christ, our good shepherd. This one's mine. This one's mine. You can't have this one. I put my name. I shed my blood. This one is mine. And so to realize that when you sin, um, or, or, or kind of a, the, second, the second lie, so to speak, is that you know, I, I, I like this, I call this the famous Lutheran one, that we're going to make ourselves right with God by what we do or a decision we made. Sure. Uh, rather than the perfect righteousness when Christ put his perfect robe of righteousness on us in holy baptism, or as Luther calls the blessed exchange, our sinful wretchedness for his perfect righteousness. And that all happened to them in their baptisms. And then third, so reminding your son or daughter that they're still sinful flesh, and then reminding them that when they do screw up and sin, that uh, reminding them of the forgiveness of theirs in their baptism and that they're walking wet in Christ, the dew of his forgiveness. But where do you go? Uh, number three, where do you go when you need um, when you need forgiveness, well, there's no other place to go that's greater than God's grace, mercy, and love and forgiveness that we get when we do what they've been doing their whole life and going to church and hearing God's word and receiving a sacrament. Yeah, it's, it's all being, as we said from the outset, being connected to Jesus where he's promised to be for you. And, you know, the devil, in all these lies, if you think about it, it's like, oh, it's no big deal if you break the commandments. So, you know, whether you believe Jesus forgives you or not, it doesn't care. It doesn't, it's not anything that needs repentance or, or, hey, you really can make yourself right with God or you can become God. Sure. And then in the, in the third one, it's like, oh, you're, you committed that sin again? Are you serious? You really want to take that to God? You really want to do that? Forget it. He's over you. He's given up on you. And so that last one is, you know, and we hear from listeners like this quite frequently who, you know, you don't realize, you know, the sins I've committed, the things I've done, but no matter how bad they are, your sinfulness is that God's mercy, grace, love, and forgiveness is always greater than your sinfulness. And this, this is such a, an important message for all of you out there. If you're a college student, you're going to school, get to church. You know, Amen. I always tell people that, uh, you know, the first four or five weeks of school, if you don't get in that habit, it's going to be very hard for you to get into it unless there's some major jolt in your life that drives you back. Don't wait for the jolt. You need to have God's word of forgiveness because you sin weekly and you need God's forgiveness. It needs to be the rhythm of your life before you go to college, while you're in college, and then when you leave college. And it really isn't age dependent. It really isn't vocational dependent. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so take this wisdom to heart that's beautifully put down here by, uh, by Jeff and, and get to church, receive God's forgiveness, make it a part of your, um, of your weekly syllabus uh, that's more important than anything you learn in terms of wisdom or so-called wisdom in the classroom. Now, I wanted to ask you, because you are on the Board of Regents at Concordia University, Chicago, tell us about the decision-making process in terms of you uh, sending your, uh, your son and daughter, Justin and Emily, off to Concordia, Chicago. Well, it's very interesting. The, uh, both of them, uh, Justin's a basketball player and Emily plays volleyball. They receive scholarship offers from s- secular schools, 
and Justin was the, I mean, it was like May. I mean, you know, he still got college coaches texting him, but and contacting me, just putting it off, putting it off. But you, you know, you know how it is. You got teenagers. You have teenagers of your own. If you push too hard, like, hey, go to Concordia University, Chicago. <laughs> you know, they're no, going. I usually have to tell my way. kids the opposite of what to do. They're just, like, <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. just like their father. So, so he had all kinds of options to play basketball, and he just came up one day and said, hey, I'm going to go to Concordia University, Chicago. Well, Beth and I secretly broke out in the doxology. And so once Justin wanted to go there, he and his sister, Emily, your difference, sure. wanted to follow suit and wanted to go there. So now she's actually playing volleyball right now for the Concordia University, Chicago Cougars. And so there they have they have chapel daily during the week and then opportunities on the weekend at a nearby church, I assume? They have chapel daily, divine service on Wednesdays, and they all still have divine service on Sunday mornings on campus. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so there's there's no excuse to not be connected to Jesus there, that's for sure. Well, that that is that is just comforting as a parent. Sure. Yeah, however, having said that though, it doesn't mean that they're I don't want anybody to think you can send your kids off to uh, one of our Concordias and just, you know, everything's going to be perfect. I mean, you even said at the end of your letter, you will be derided, dismissed, and displaced, and that can happen anywhere. Or even whether or not you go off to college or go serve in the military or, you know, whatever you happen to be doing at this uh, really, really crucial transition in your life. And so you really can't take anything for granted. Um even if you're going to go to one of our Concordias, and we certainly want to give a shout-out. We've got the nine wonderful Concordia universities. Um, you can find out about them at lcms.org and look for the Concordia University system. Of course, you're a little biased, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we, we are the Concordias of the Concordias. We're the oldest, 1864. 1864. And now I know I screwed up and said River Forest, um, but uh, it, the school is in River Forest, which for our listeners that maybe don't know, that is a uh, suburb to the, uh, kind of in the middle of the suburbs, just to the the west of the city, right? It's like 7.2 miles from downtown Chicago. I know that because I have a sister who lives on Lakeshore Drive. Well, excellent. And uh, any parting thoughts that you have, um, things that you've learned? Has it been a tough transition for you to learn just as a parent how to be a uh, you know, to go from having your kids at home, and you still have three at home. Mine are out of the, mine are still in the house, but they're 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 still college age. But has that been a tough transition for just you, as well, you and your wife? It, I think any parent will tell you the first one's the hardest, right? I mean, that's you know sending the first one off. But it was much easier sending Emily, although she is our first daughter, just of course being our oldest a son. But knowing that those two, and they're very close, were going to be there. It was a lot easier this year than it was the previous year taking Justin to Concordia University, Chicago. Well, and then you also knew that uh, Big Bro was around. Well, exactly. Oh, and, trust me. I just got a, I got a text message today about some football player hanging around Emily. <laughs> so uh, I just got one today on that. So uh, he's doing his job. Well, That's going to get well done, a Justin. double dad, dad, if she hears it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's, I, I, I know that how hard that that can be. And, and that was why I wrote this, this letter to, look, I, I, I think myself included, we, we kind of all 
got caught in, you know, get great grades and be successful by worldly standards and, you know, have a job and make lots of money and all those kind of things. But if I, I'd rather have my children die poor than, than suffer eternally in hell as a rich person here on earth. No, absolutely. And, and so it's just a case of trying to remind them, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So, so just to remind them what's the most important and who is the most important. Right, and you made that very clear in your letter. As, as apparently you have the habit of doing with your kids. How did you put it here? Uh, well, who loves you most? Well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always, you know, because kids say that. You know, they're little kids like, oh, I love you, Daddy, I love you. And, and, and of course, you, you, you love your children, and, and you, it, you love when they say that. But I want to, you know, Beth and I aren't always going to be there for our children. No, but Jesus but always Jesus, will Jesus. Jesus will, and he loves, and it's, it's so hard, you know this as a parent, how can Jesus possibly love my children more than me? Well, he proved that at the cross. Sure. When, when, when he bled and died and suffered, was tormented and tortured for enemies like you and me. So his love, Beth and my love for our children, can't even come close to his pers- perfect love for them. No, I don't think it could be said any better, Jeff. Just a reminder to parents, this is why it's important to start talking with your kids about college early. I don't think you can start soon enough. Make make the decision. Make, make the idea of where they're going to go to church, how they're going to be fed with Jesus, the most important decision about where they're going to school, regardless of what they want to do with their life or what they want to major in. Those things change but we certainly don't want their faith uh, to change. And um, anyways, thank you for some of these reminders today, Jeff. A beautiful letter and a beautiful example, and I hope many of you parents out there, I can see dads and moms going, ah, it's all about a letter. I'm going to write a letter. And, you know, there's something cool about sending a letter off even right now to your kid because they love reminders of home. We, we think that they, and this is why I, was, I meant to say this earlier when I was talking about everybody fleeing from social media, Little old school things like care packages with chocolate chip cookies and like a letter from dad, those things those things last, and uh, more so than the the typical Instagram or Snapchat kind of a thing. And so I encourage you to to do that and go go visit your kids. You know, Jeff, you've got a built in opportunity to go visit probably four or six times a year, uh, just being on the board of regents. But uh, Maybe don't show up the first weekend after they get to school, but but go visit with them. And most importantly, go to church with them. Show them that example of going to church with them. Thanks for being with us, Jeff. Great reminders. Any, any last thing you'd like to say? Anything coming up with issues, et cetera, that's on the horizon? Well, I hate to do a shameless plug, but no, please. Pastor Todd Wilkins' next uh, free online issues, et cetera, journal has a great article, Why Go to Church? There you go. And you can get it at, uh, download it uh, to issuesetc.org. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Oh, well, one more thing. Oh, yeah, go thing. for it. Go, go Concordia University, Chicago. There Dr. Guard's doing a great job. <laughs> yes, And uh, we, we love Concordia University, Chicago, and hope that all five of the Shores children will eventually go there. I, I hope he's not listening because I don't want him to re- refresh his memory that he flunked me on a sermon 
in seminary, but I have never left Jesus in the grave <laughs> ever again. In sermon, ever again. He is risen at the end of every sermon, one way or the other. That reminder is there. But uh, he is risen indeed. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff, for uh, your great example. Thank you for uh, the tremendous job of what you and Jeff and, and everybody else there at Issues Etc. do in Lutheran Public Radio. Uh, folks, you can't listen to that enough. And if you, you can also, there's, you can also listen to it through uh, in the afternoons here on KFUO as well. Uh, but please uh, support this organization. It doesn't get any better than Issues Etc. Thanks, Jeff. I know it's hard for you to like to get out in front and be on the mic. But again, uh, thank you, especially for such a wonderful topic uh, as this, to take the time to talk about the two things you love the most, uh, your son and your daughter, and, and your mutual love for Christ. And I'd encourage all the listeners to also uh, support uh, your efforts in the great work of LCMSU. Thanks so much, my friend. Hey, take care. God bless. Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Witness, January 2nd through 5th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Check it out at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.